Hey, and welcome to a whole new season of 22 Minutes of Transformation. Myself, Sean Patrick, and my co-host, Karen Mills-Alston, will take you through another 22 questions that will transform the way you think about spirituality, creativity, and everything in between. We welcome you to this whole new adventure. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to a new episode of 22 Minutes of Transformation. I'm Sean Patrick, and I'm here with... Karen Mills-Alston. How are you doing today, Karen? I'm great. I really am. You know, you and I haven't spoken in a minute, and it's so nice to feel this oneness that I'm feeling um, because this collaboration that we have is just, it's really a beautiful thing. And so when I say that we haven't spoken in a minute, I mean, it was like last week. But it felt like a long time. <laughs> well, it's. I think it's the longest we've gone without speaking. Yes. Maybe since we knew each other. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yes. So, um, well, anyway, back on track we are. Mm-hmm. And we're here today with a brand new question, which I'm asking today. Yes. And today's question is, are you a visionary? Yes. Yes. Um, this question really came because I know... For this season, we're looking at the topics of both spirituality and creativity and how they're the same. And just with some research I was doing and um, just Googling I was doing, I really saw this interchangeable word in both topics, which was um, vision and visionary. Because I know for sure that's a word used in spirituality, the process that we love so much is Michael Beckwith's life visioning process. Yes. Um, and it's also something which comes up in creativity all the time because it's a uh, people are visionaries in a book they're writing, a play they're producing, mm-hmm. an album they're making. Yes. You, you need to be a visionary to turn the to turn the non-physical into the tangible. So um, I love that we're exploring this word because I think it's a perfect word that encompasses spirituality and creativity. Yes, I do too. And I think as I think about this question, there are, I think everybody gets who has a vision, who has, who has caught something that they want to express fully as their life is a visionary, whether we mm-hmm. categorize it that or not. Um, it's because we see something that wants to be activated and we want to participate in it. That yeah. to me is someone who has a, a vision, um, something, it's a creative notion, isn't it? It's something that wants to be birthed through each of us gosh yeah absolutely and i think about this so much with because i love the life visioning process so much and in that formalized uh in that formalized container of downloading a vision Mm -hmm. but but we're getting visions all the time we're getting hits all the time of things that we want like you, you said it so perfectly what we want to birth and be active in it yes and and that can be as just as simple as um you know you have you have the thought oh i want to go and get coffee and then you go and meet a friend and get coffee um and also it's as extreme as there's this whole (laughs) this whole thing i want to create which is going to change the course of my life and or 
the the collective consciousness so yes you yes. know um and there's no big and small in in the universe i don't feel go. either yeah there's yes. no big and small in the universe yes, that's it so if we were to handle the big vision as we handle a small vision letting go of big and small we get to know, as I always say, that it's all possible. So if we're going out and getting a cup of coffee, or if we're if we have something in our mind's eye that is life altering, then we get to handle those things exactly the same. Because as you just said, the presence does not know big or small. The presence is always expressing itself. So let's make it easy right? Absolutely. You know, here's an example in my life. I have been working on a quote, one man show for 18 months now. And I've wanted to really formalize it theatrically. I've hired consultants, I've taken classes, etc. And I just can't seem to get anything um, off the first 10 minutes. All the while, I'm delivering talks (laughs) Um, and, and I'm delivering talks and doing keynotes and online conferences where I'm speaking for an hour without really having to think about it very much. And it's only today. And I was actually, I was watching, um, a Russell brand show Mm -hmm. and it was only today. I mean, I watched him and I thought, you know, he's doing a show and it's that complete marrying of, he's just talking to the audience and then he slips into moments of acting. Yes, And I'm like, I have been walking around trying to take playwriting classes, hiring these consultants, trying to make, trying to make this thing happen when it's as easy as all the times I get invited to speak somewhere and I show up, It is, you know, and it's like, why is it then, let me ask this, um, why do our brains associate difficult with more worthwhile? I don't know if I've worded that correctly, but mm-hmm. we feel as if, if we're going to do something that is more profound than something we've done before, we feed ourselves this lie that it's going to be harder than anything else we've, we've ever done. And it's not true. Yes, it's not true. And, but the world makes us think that things have to be difficult. The world makes us think that if we're creating something that is that we consider to be life-altering, that it has to be difficult, it has to uh, rely on a lot of training, we have to have so much more talent. It's just, and sometimes just the idea is enough. And then we, that's why this life vision process is is so wonderful. You know, the question, some of the questions is in it is, what does this look like? What does it feel like? What What is this thing that wants to be birthed through us? So to be able to sit with that and to catch it and to move through it, its creation with grace and ease is incredible. So when we get out of the way, it becomes easy. When we get out of the way, it becomes effortless. And I, that's a word that I heard so powerfully Yesterday, as a matter of fact, I'm just remembering that, that we don't have to have any effort in all of this stuff. We simply get to let go and allow the next stage of our evolution 
it, it says that's what it says in the life visioning process to be born. It's you know, I'm beautiful. I'm listening to an audio book right now called Effortless. It's by a guy called um, Greg McCain, um, mm-hmm. and it's so good because it teaches that his his first book, which he became famous for, was about essentialism. It's like only do the things that are essential and clear out the rest. And it was good. But this one about, you know, why are we so conditioned to believe it has to be hard when why don't we ask ourselves, how can this be easy? How can this be fun? It doesn't mean we don't have to spend time on it, Mm -hmm. but that is time that could be absolutely joyful. Yeah. Yeah? Yes. yes. So ask yourself, how how can this – so here's what I like – you, you ask yourself, what's the vision? And then you ask yourself, how can this be easy? Yes. Oh, that, mm-hmm. that's really beautiful. That's really beautiful. And we know that there is something that, here it is, the contrast that is created when we are birthing something, uh, we get to not put judgment on it. Mm-hmm. We, there's a contrast that comes up. We get to say, hmm, this is interesting. The world would say it may look a certain way, but we get to say this is a, an opportunity to grow and expand because everything is for us. So there are yeah. things that come up in the process of birthing something that the world may say is difficult the world may say is that we are efforting. So when we pull ourselves away from that, we get to be in this feeling tone of, oh, there may feel, there may be a contrast here. I'm going to use it to propel this project into its greatness. You know, does that make sense? It makes perfect sense. And I don't think I've ever heard efforting as a verb before, <laughs> which I love. I love that. Yeah, I'm efforting. Yeah. I'm going to start reminding myself of that. Sean, you're efforting. I know we both love Abraham Hicks who have this analogy yes. of the stream. Yes. And we, we even said a couple of weeks ago with whenever we're doing other business ventures that we have permission to say to each other, that sounds pretty upstream to me. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've now yeah. got two phrases. I can say that sounds pretty upstream and I can say, mm, that sounds like you're efforting. Yes. Oh, and, I love that. And so that allows us to take a breath and remember who we are. Oh, there's grace and ease in all of this. This is for me. Oh, yes, something wonderful is happening right now. So that's a... Um, when Abraham Hicks talks about the law of allowing, we get to allow it. We really mm-hmm. do. We get to know that everything is for us. Even if the world is saying whatever it's saying, we get to remove ourselves from that and move into this place really where there is unconditional love here, where there is participation that is mindful, where there is participation that is creative, where there is participation that is expansion, and it's for us. That's the the beauty of all of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
looking at the definitions of what a visionary is. So as an adjective, it says thinking about or planning the future with imagination or wisdom. Mm. I really love emphasis on the word wisdom there because I associate, so I associate wisdom as a spiritual quality. And once again, finding this collaboration between creativity and spirituality, according to this, a large part of visionary is wisdom. So I love that inserting spiritual wisdom into the creative process. Yes, um, yes. My mind's doing my mind's doing gymnastics now, figure like putting that together. Um and yeah, I anything love, on that? Yeah. I love the word um imagination. Yeah. Uh, because that takes me into another realm. That allows me to think beyond what I would think on a human perspective. Uh, mm. I, I love that word. It, it really, I keep using this word because I think it's important, but this whole idea of expansion, that's what imagination does for me. It allows me to get out of the box. It allows me to knock down the walls of that box Um, creating something that has never been created before, imagining something, as we say, beyond anything that we have ever imagined. Yeah, and the word imagine is the one that lends itself to this idea of imagining what it could be like if it were easy. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, oh, I I have to imagine how could this look if it were easy? A lot of the questions yes. in the life visioning process are you using your imagination. So yes. maybe I'm going to go ahead and say imagination leads to wisdom. Maybe I'm going to go ahead and say um, that. Imagination leads. Yes. So wisdom, I think, is already there because it's a divine quality. Um, but it, it opens ourselves up. Imagining yeah. opens ourselves up to this divine wisdom that we're always that is always right where we are. It's, it's always there. Um, just continuing to look at the um, proposed definitions, but one talks about um, having the ability to see visions in a dream, trance, or supernatural oh, way. Yeah. How do you, I mean, I don't believe, wait, hold up, I'm about to lie. I was going to say, I don't <laughs> believe I've ever had a vision, and I don't believe I've ever had a I'm telling a lie. I have. I have. I know. It's yeah. like it's so. It's like I'm about to be. Like, I don't think I ever have done, but I can recall two. I can recall once in a dream, and I remember very clearly. I had a dream that I was in New York. Um, I woke up the next day, and I said, um, "I was with my niece at the time," and I said, "I'm going to New York." I watched. I turned on the TV. New York was on the TV, and I was in New York like two months later. So that mm. I have had a message come to me through a dream. And the other one yeah. is you know, the story I share in my book where I very clearly got the message that, you know, this is where you fall down, keep on moving. And it happened as I was crossing the street. So I was about to lie to everybody listening to say, I don't think I've ever had a conscious vision in a supernatural way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What about yeah. you? Oh, I have them all the time. I have yeah. them all the time. And because I've been listening more and more and more to Abraham Hicks, I have been, really and to Mike Bernard Beckwith, there's this there's this feeling tone that I tap into. So as I am out picturing something, 
I and the uh, picturing is about a desire I have. Uh, I feel into what that out picturing feels like. And I always want it to feel like a divine quality. So what mm-hmm. does it feel like to be in this vision, this creative process? Uh, I might evoke radiant joy or, or wisdom or excellence or mm-hmm. unconditional love. So I feel into that because the vision that I have is always something that takes me higher. That's what that is about. So Ernest Holmes, the man who wrote the textbook, uh, he was a metaphysician. And I always think about um, metaphysics and mysticism separately. And what I have learned is that I learned from Ernest Holmes that there's an opportunity to outline what I want, what I want. But then I have learned in this whole mystic environment that it's something that I get to catch my highest yet to be, my highest yet to be. So I can, um, and so that's where the feeling tones come in. So I can say that I want this, this, and that, and outline it so that I get a picture of it. And then I let go of that in the realm of mysticism, feeling it. So not being attached. What I think as a human being, this vision looks like, but feeling into it, feeling the abundance, feeling the excellence, feeling the courage, feeling the joy and fun and laughter. That's what I love about this next stage. Yeah. And I'd say very similar to you. That's the way I have a quote unquote vision. Mm -hmm. I've never, I don't feel like I've ever seen something with my eyes that wasn't there in the physical world. Have you? Yeah. In fact, I got a text from my daughter yesterday and she calls it deja vu. Right. So she has already, she's in a, a certain city right now and she had to make a lot of, um, she had to really sit with this decision to do this work in this particular city. And it took her a minute to, mm-hmm. to do that. And she caught this, this deja vu feeling because, and she saw something and that was her validation that she had made the right choice. So there is this connection that gets to happen with the vision that allows us to see that we're on the, on the path, that we're making the right choice. And as human beings, sometimes we need that validation. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. No, I love, I love quote unquote spiritual validation. Even when, um, you know, when, you don't want to do something and you have, you know, every fiber of your being is like, don't go. Why would you bother? Right, right. And you get there and you're like, I was exactly right. <laughs> um, yes. There's something comforting about that because had you not gone, it still would, well, based on where I am in my spiritual journey, 
had I not gone, it still would have been, I'm not sure if I should have gone. I feel like if you make a decision not to go somewhere, you know that was the, <laughs> that was the right thing not to do. Um, but sometimes it's good to actually go and get the validation of my intuition was right. Oh, that is so funny. Yeah. And when we don't listen to that still small voice, and I always say we, you know, like, like I'm driving and um, I, I'm going to make a turn on a street and that I always do. And spirit says, don't go right this time, go left. And I say, I, I know what to do. And I go right. And then I see why I was supposed to go left. That's the point that you're making right there. Yeah. That yes. Is, yeah. Yes. I, I love that. So we really get to learn to trust. I remember we, when I was in Los Angeles, Gosh, pre-pandemic. Yes, um, we were waiting for an Uber. There was uh, there was other people with us, and granted, you weren't feeling well. Mm-hmm. But that that Uber pulled up, and we went to walk to that cab. And you said, "I'm not coming." <laughs> you turned around, <laughs> yeah. and I just loved. I mean, like I said, granted, you weren't feeling well, mm-hmm. but you still. Like, I just love that you gave yourself permission until you were sat in that car to decide. Right. And I just think that's great because I know, yeah, once I'm dressed and on the doorstep, even if my inner being is screaming, don't go, don't oh, go, yeah. I'm really probably still going to go. So mm-hmm. I really just loved that yeah. moment of, I'm not yeah. going to go. <laughs> yeah. And um, because I do, I believe in listening and trusting. And I will never know why I wasn't supposed to go because I was happy not to go because I was being divinely um, directed and guided. And that's what's more, most important to me. And you know what, um, you know, what always blows my mind Mm -hmm. is, um, if I think about a car crash and how the chances of that happening could and could not have been by the, like if that one other car was driving a tiny bit slower or a tiny bit faster, they -hmm. would have missed each other. And my mind kind of goes to that when I think about, well, you not coming to this meal, we were were headed out for dinner. Mm -hmm. And I think, huh, for all I know, Karen could have been in that cab you could have then had to say, oh, shoot, can I just run back and get something? And then couple seconds delay could have caused us to be in an accident. Yeah. Or, or, yeah. Um, and, and, that's, and that's imagination. But what yeah. you're saying is you don't know why you weren't supposed to go. Right. But you trust that you're not going was for the highest good. Yes. And that yes. is part of being a visionary. So I really do hand over to you the question, are you a visionary? Yes. yes. Um, yes. To you, because it's that, it's that knowing of, um, it's that knowing of that good is happening. Yes. Yes. And uh, to be, so I say, yes, I know I'm a visionary. I, I know that I am. Um, and um, <laughs> it was, It was the way that I was raised. It was that which I have cultivated in and through and as my life right now. It's the way that I show up as a creative being. You know, I'm working on a project right now and 
I'm thinking, oh, I don't need to spend a lot of time with that. I know exactly what to do and say. I go out for a walk today and I get all these downloads and I'm thinking, oh, this is great. And guess what? I wasn't, I was going to wait to work on this until next week. I'm working on it today. Yeah. Because I'm listening. And this, this vision that is coming through, I get to take note of it because this, I believe that this is the presence that is being activated through me. I'm not going to ignore it. I can't. Oh, well, thank you for being the visionary that you are. <laughs> I And you too, Sean. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, yeah, you I will. Thank you. Yeah, I, I will agree with that. And I look forward to being as assured in my visionary decisions as you. <laughs> That's yes. what I'll say. Yes. Because I would have turned around at that meal and thought, what if I should have gone? Ah, geez, something could be happening. Whereas I know, yeah, and that's a very micro example, but mm-hmm. I look, I look forward to being as assured in my visionary decisions as you. So that's yes. what I'll, that's what I'll say. Um, <laughs> okay, good. Thank you so much for this chat, and I'll, um, I'll see you again next week. And everybody listening, go away and contemplate the question: Are you a visionary? In fact, contemplate the question: How are you a visionary? Because you definitely are. Thank you so much. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Sean. Bye-bye.